The MLB Gambling Podcast and the Sports Gam Podcast scenario presented by Shady Rays. The SGPN is teaming up with Shady Rays for Shady May. Get 50% off Shady Rays using promo code SGPN and then go to sportsgampodcast.com slash shady for your chance to win $500. And welcome, everybody, to the MLB Gambling Podcast here in the Sports Gam Podcast scenario. It is currently... Uh, Thursday is currently Tuesday afternoon, May 9th, but we are here for the Wednesday games for the 10th. And I'm your surprise host for the show, Scott Reichel. And I'm joined by usual co host Dylan Rockford. And together, once again, we will be going through with the Wednesday games here in baseball. Dylan, been a while. I don't think we've been on a show together since football season. How have you been? I'm doing well, man. Good to see you. Uh, thanks for filling in. It's been good. Uh, not good as a Met fan. I'll tell you that. Been to a game over the weekend. Uh, had nice seats behind home plate, but they got smoked by the Colorado Rockies. So tough times being a Met fan. But overall, uh, it's been a good baseball season so far. See, I think it's even worse that since you brought that up because you said they got smoked by the Rockies, but that didn't actually specify which game you went to, which is kind of a problem. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Uh, they got beat probably every game. They only won one uh, out of the three, one nothing. I went to Sunday. It was like I was, was going to assume the Sunday one where they lost by like seven runs. But. Yeah, it was bad. Uh, we had Steve Cohen up there right above the press box, and we had fans just yelling uh, the highest payroll in the league, and we can't even get a good bullpen guy. And it, it's just it's just bad being a fan right now. Well, New York sports itself hasn't exactly been doing that well lately with the Islanders losing, the uh, Rangers losing. Devils, though, we'll see what they can do, but that's a Jersey we'll team. But, yeah. I mean, in theory, so are the Jets and the Giants. But that's a separate story. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. yeah, my Yankees aren't exactly doing that well either. Uh, better lately. I know that Judge is supposed to come back uh, on Tuesday, which is today. Mm-hmm. So hopefully he's able to stay healthy and the Yankees get it back on track. I still can't get over that Sunday choke job against Tampa. I'm not surprised, but I'm disappointed, you know? Like, that's kind of what I was dealing with on Sunday. But anyway, a lot of games to go through. I believe we have 15 games on the card. However, we only have lines on 12 of them, but it's a good thing we're doing the episode early because a lot of them are early afternoon games. So it definitely makes sense to try to get this out of the way early. Dylan, you're ready to roll, or you have anything you want to briefly mention uh, about the last couple of days? No, I've been pretty good. Uh, yeah, just mentioned on that choke job, man. I, I was on the Yankees that day. I thought it was a good spot for them. They were up most of the whole game, and then that fifth uh, five run inning in the sixth inning by the the Rays, that that was a tough one. Yeah, and it's even worse because Cole struggled against the Rays, and G-Man Choi is not even on the team anymore. So that's kind of a problem. <laughs> but uh, yeah. yeah, either way, uh, time to actually get into the games here for the Wednesday slate. Starting off, coincidentally, with the Yankees, uh, as they're going to be taking on the Athletics. You have a game starting at around 12.35 p.m. Eastern time. Pretty underwhelming pitching matchup. Let's put it that way. You have Moore, who was the opening day starter for Oakland. That kind of sums up how the season's gone for Oakland. Taking on Brito, and Brito had a pretty good first couple outings, but recently has hit a wall and then some. For the actual money line, Yankees are around minus 170. Uh, Mueller and the Athletics are around plus 145. If you want to take the run line, you get the Yankees minus 1.5 at plus 140. Athletics plus 1.5 at minus 165. And the over-under for this game is 9.5 minus 110 apiece. Dylan, I'm going to start with you. Do you want to take a bold stance and take the athletics in a baseball game? I can't do it. I'm going to take a shot here with the Yankees on the run line. Like you said, nice plus price, 140 with them as well. At home against a bad athletics team, Kyler Muller, he's been horrific on the road this season. He's given up 15 runs and 14 innings, and batters are hitting 373 off of him. Uh, hopefully they'll get some reassurance. Like we mentioned, uh, Aaron Judge might be coming back soon. And I know Brito, he hasn't been much better than Kyle, but I'd rather back him at home in this spot. You know, the Yankees, they have a better lineup. They won yesterday 7-2. to I think this is a good series for them to get back in the winning column. So I'm going to take the Yankees on the run line, um, plus 140. I like the price of plus 140. Now, Brito, I'm aware, has not been good. However, Mueller does have a 942 ERA on the road. Uh, Moore's also allowed at least uh, four earned runs in four of his last five outings. So he's been a mess, which isn't exactly a surprise because he was a, uh, I'd say, an underwhelming option as an opening day starter. Let's put it that way. So I'm not exactly surprised. I do think the way I would bet this, though, with a little bit more confidence, I'd probably take some team totals. 
I don't trust either pitcher in this game, so I'm going to lean to the over in the game. I'm also just going to lean to the over because the Yankees' bullpen has also not exactly been great lately, and Oakland's bullpen, you can't even find the right words to describe how bad they are. That's a historically bad unit. Yeah, bottom five bullpen. Yankees are actually they do have a good bullpen though, but uh, they do ERA wise, but yeah, they don't exactly have a closer right now. No, and that's kind of a problem if you want to close out games, which is, I guess might be scaring me off of the one and a half because there is a chance maybe Clay Holmes comes in, walks a guy, RBI single. You know the drill. We've seen Clay yeah. Holmes all season long, but I do think the plus one forty is pretty tempting. Mm-hmm. Once again, you're fading one of the worst baseball teams I've ever seen and you're getting plus 140 with the Yankees at home on the run line. The money line does feel a little bit short, though. I understand Brito's not good, but 170? Doesn't that feel a little bit short on a money line against Oakland? Yeah, very sure. I made the Yankees a minus 220 favorite, so I, I thought I was being very generous. Yeah, minus 170 when I first saw it, I thought that was very generous of uh, the books making the Yankees that short of a favorite. And you know money's important on the Yankees anyway because of the New York tax and the Yankees tax. So if you want to take yeah. it now at 170, I guarantee you you'll get closing line value because who the hell is going to bet Oakland with Moore on the mound right now? So Are you surprised they're moving to Vegas? Am I surprised that Oakland, who intentionally tanked the franchise for the <laughs> last five years, is moving to Vegas? No, I'm, I'm not exactly surprised. If you really think about it, what what Oakland did for the last couple years is the exact plot of Major League. It's the same exact plot as the movie. The owner just purposefully tries to make the team the worst team in the league so they can dip the attendance down and they have to move the team. And they're the worst team in the league. I'm curious what the possum's going to do. Does he just take over the actual old stadium when they're moving to Vegas? I don't know. But I'm not surprised. Oakland has never spent money on anything. They haven't even done that since the Moneyball era. And when you think about it, that was roughly 20 years ago. They've had a historically cheap owner. It's not surprising. That's why Dean was so famous. It's because he made the team relevant when they wouldn't spend money on anybody. And I'm not surprised that with the team fully tanking, the ownership saw an opportunity, decided to screw over the people of Oakland, and they're trying to move to Vegas. However, there are some storylines going on that they've reached a deal for the actual land but now Oakland's looked. Uh, sorry, now the Athletics are looking around for nearby stadiums, which is kind of like a weird development going on there. I don't know if you heard that or I, not. No, I didn't hear that. So they they agreed on a piece of land or a piece of property, and now they're trying to shift their focus to a stadium. I'm assuming the way that it's going to work is that they're probably going to build the stadium from scratch. They have to find a temporary local stadium in Vegas to actually host some games. I'm just hoping the attendance is better than the Coyotes games uh, in hockey with the Arizona State Stadium. But still, it's kind of a weird situation there with Oakland. But yeah, yeah, uh, it's really just sad how Oakland got screwed out of a football team. Now they're screwed out of a baseball team. And I can't blame the fans for not going. I wouldn't go to the games if your team was that bad and the ownership didn't even care. Plus, the stadium's an absolute dump. So I don't blame people for not going. Yeah, no, the Mets uh, broadcast crew couldn't even uh, broadcast the game there because it I was saw infested. Yeah. It was, it's ridiculous. It's a did, you, did you enjoy the uh, Keith Hernandez, Ron Darling uh, possum rant for like three or four minutes? No, but it doesn't surprise me that both of them went on a rant. That's what they usually do. Do you? What did they specifically say? Do you know, they were talking about how they can't use the visitors broadcasting booth because that's where the possum has developed his natural <laughs> habitat. So oh, they threw the cameraman in the booth with the possum, I guess, but they had to use the temporary other alternative option for the broadcasting booth. And I believe right in Ron Darling's path was just this pole. And he had to look across the pole in order to broadcast the game. It's all over Twitter if you wanted to look it up. It's pretty yeah, fun. Yeah, I definitely got to check it out. Anyway, I think we're both going to be on the Yankees here. I am going to link to the over. If you want to go for a decent play on Oakland, I do like the team total, or maybe the first five team total. If you want to fade either starting pitcher, I'm not going to interrupt you when you try to do it, because that's how I would attack this game. But you have anything else you want to add? Any player props? Yeah, no, I, I agree with the um, I agree with the over just because uh, we're fading both pitchers here. Both aren't the, particularly the best, and it's going to be a windy day over here in New York, so I, I do like the over. 
Yep, but moving on to the next game, another 12.35 start time. You have the Rockies taking on the Pirates. Uh, Rockies were actually in decent form. As we mentioned before, they did pretty well against the Mets over the weekend. Then, unfortunately, they ran into Mitch Keller, and they couldn't <laughs> score. Feel pretty bad for Freeland. He had a great outing. Uh, I know that he hurt his neck the previous start. He looked really good, and it didn't matter anyway. They lost the game 2-0. But for the actual pitching matchup, you have Sanzatella taking on Dick Mountain. And Dick Mound's favorite at minus 145. You have Sanzatella at plus 125. If you want to go for the over-under, over is nine at even money. Under is at minus 120, which means you probably could find an eight and a half at like a minus 120 if you shop around. And for the run line, you have the Rockies plus one and a half at minus 165. And you have the Pirates minus one and a half at plus 140. Pirates were on a massive losing streak, but then they snapped it on a Monday with, once again, Keller pitching a complete game shutout. The Rockies, though, are still in decent form. The problem is they are never good on the road, ever. Uh, but for this matchup, you have any thoughts? Because Rich Hill not exactly been good. He has not been good at home. However, he did actually shut down this Rockies team a couple weeks ago in Coors. So he has had some success against this lineup. What do you think about this game? Yeah, as for the side, uh, gun to my head, I lean Pirates. I made them a minus 150 favorite. Um, like you said, we don't really like to back the Rockies on the road unless they're playing the Mets. But I'm uh, going to go with a total in this one. I'll take a shot at the under nine. I made my total 8.2. You know, the Rockies, they're an under team this season. 15 and 21 towards the under on the season. 6 and 14 on the road toward the under. And the Pirates, like you mentioned, they've been kind of on a skid. They did snap it, but they're not scoring a bunch of runs. They've lost four of their last five games. And Sensatella in his first start looked pretty good, or the Mets are just really that bad. Either or, I think they'll be able to limit the Pirates' bats here. We just saw a two ga two nothing game in the first game of the series on Monday night. I think we'll see a better effort here at home from Rich Hill. So I'm going to take a shot at the under uh, nine at minus 120. So I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to lean to the under as well. It's a pretty limited sample size, but Sanzatella so far, not bad this season. It's probably yeah. not going to last based on his career, but he occasionally has some good starts here and there. It's mostly just the offenses I can't trust. Pittsburgh, let's be honest, is overachieving offensively. They went into a massive, just insane run offensively with O'Neill Cruz getting injured, and I feel like that was a little bit of a short-term, I don't want to say Ewing theory, but a short-term, everyone kind of rising up and kind of a galvanizing effort after one of their best players got injured. That has fallen apart very quickly. They're still technically in first place in the division. That's probably not going to last for that much longer. But as of right now, the offense hasn't been great lately. As for the Rockies, they're usually really good offensively at home and really bad on the road. This year, they're not even that good at home. I mean, they're averaging over five runs, but they're used to averaging around five and a half or six. On the road, though, they're averaging 3.55 runs per game. Not a surprise. I'm with you on the under. The fact that Rich Hill was able to shut down this offense in Coors Field, despite throwing, what, like an 88-mile-an-hour fastball, <laughs> if that at this point in his career, it's not a good sign for the Rockies. Uh, I'm going to go with the under as well. As for the side... You could persuade me on the Rockies at plus money, but I do think my favorite play is going to be the under nine. That number feels a little bit high with both both offenses not exactly being in great form. Yeah, 100%. So you have any player props or anything, any matchups you're looking for for this game? Uh, or yeah, no player props right now. They usually don't come out till uh, in the morning, but yeah, no player props. And like I said, uh, it made the Padre, uh, Pirates a small favorite. I, I could understand why people would lean towards the Rockies. <clears throat> Their bats are swinging pretty good right now, and you don't, you just don't expect uh, the new open. So uh, I, I could understand going with the plus money price here at the Rockies, but favorite play is the under. Yeah, and also worth mentioning, the Rockies are seven and thirteen on the road for reference, and the Pirates are ten and seven at home. But anyway, moving on to the third game on the slate, you have the Tigers taking on the Guardians. You have Rodriguez taking on a love as a Battenfield, and we'll see how Battenfield does. Zero and three so far this season, four point zero seven ERA. Uh, you have Rodriguez, who has been really good. He has a three and two record, but a one point eight one ERA. And to look at the actual price for this game, the Guardians are a slight favorite at minus 130. You have Rodriguez and the Tigers at plus 110. Over-under is a flat eight, slightly juiced to the under at minus 115. Over is minus 105. I'm assuming we're going to be on the same page here. Uh, I'm assuming we both like the Tigers. 
I do kind of like the Tigers here, but I like the under a little more. I took the under eight, made my total 7.5. We almost got there last night on Monday night with the under. Winded up pushing because the Tigers wind up scoring an extra run in the eighth. But I digress. Going back toward the under, I think Erod, he's been great this this season. You know, last five starts, he hasn't allowed more than one run in over a month. Striking out a bunch of batters. Walks are low. He's looked really good, and he's been able to give the Tigers a lot of length, going at least six to seven innings per outs outing. So, and five of those seven starts have gone under the number. So, whenever he is on the mound, we usually see a lower scoring game. Guardians, they don't have the best bats. They rank in the bottom half of the league in offense. Uh, I think we see another low scoring game, maybe like a 3-1-4-1 type of game. And I also think, to your point originally, I think the Tigers are live. They've been rolling as of dogs late, past 10 games, uh, 20 and 14 on the run line this season. So they've been very profitable on the run line. They play a lot of close games, and I think they could sneak this one out as well on the road. So lean Tigers with the plus money, but I do like the under a little more. Yeah, for me, I think my favorite play is going to be the Tigers. Uh, Simply put, I'll back the team in solid form, getting plus money with the better starting pitcher. I said before, Benfield hasn't been bad per se, but he is 0-3 with a 4 ERA, give or take. So it seems like he's not getting much run support. Rodriguez hasn't gotten much run support either, but Detroit to start the year was, I believe, 2-9, and and now they're 16-18. and Don't look now, Minnesota, but the Twins are in the the uh, Tigers are in the rearview mirror, only two and a half back. So the fact that they're only two under now and they started the year two and nine, I do kind of like their current form, and I think they are still under the radar. And Rodriguez once again has roughly a one eight ERA. He's been great. I don't really trust Badenfield that much. I know he's been fine, but they have the better starting pitcher in this matchup. Detroit does. They're in good form, and the Guardians once again can't hit, which isn't exactly a surprise. I think I got to take Detroit to plus money. I'm shocked Rodriguez in current form is at this price. Yeah, no, I agree 100%. Like, like I, I understand, you know, you want to blindly take the home team, I guess, for the odds setting, but the Guardians are also only 6-10 and 10 at home. They're really not a great home team so far this season. So I'm on Rodriguez and the plus money. I think that you probably should see money coming in on Detroit before that game. That feels like a game that might close minus 105. So yeah, I was just going to say, because it opened up at plus 110, it's already down to plus 105. So I, I doubt by game time tomorrow, they're still going to be uh, a underdog. Yeah, but I'll go with Detroit, and I'm going to lean with you towards the under. Uh, if you want to go for a decent uh, plus money play there, maybe a reverse run one. You could go with the Tigers minus one and a half. You are the road team. You're getting a guaranteed nine of bats. It's probably a decent plus price if you think that Battenfield might struggle and you have faith in Rodriguez going another six or seven innings, giving up one run. But either way, uh, to move on to the next game, you have a matchup between the Dodgers and the Brewers taking place at 1.40 p.m. Eastern time. You have Kershaw on the mound against Wade Miley. Wade Miley, very good this season. Uh, people haven't really noticed, but he's 3-1 and one with a 2.31 ERA. Kershaw has been solid, but he has had a couple of blow-up starts uh, but looking at the actual price in this game, you have the Dodgers at minus 205. You have the Brewers at plus 175. For the run line, the Brewers plus one and a half is plus 110. And the Dodgers minus one and a half is minus 130. Over-under is eight and a half. It's in a dome or it's in a roof stadium. So I'm not sure if that matters. Are you shocked the Dodgers are minus 205? Because this line seems massive to me. It's ridiculous. I think it's egregious, to be honest. Give me the home puppy. I'll take the Brewers uh, at plus 175. I only made the Dodgers a minus 150 favorite. Kershaw has been good. Don't get me wrong. But to be to be laying over $2 favorite against the Brewers on the road is kind of a stretch, in my opinion. He hasn't pitched the best on the road either, Kershaw. He's given up 11 runs, 10 walks. Batters are hitting 261 off of him. And on the other side, you mentioned it, Wade Miley. He's pitched really good at home this season, 2-0 and against two good lineups like the Angels and Red Sox. So Wade Miley at home has been backable. Dodgers, they're only hitting under 200 against lefties, and I think that was the big key that stuck out to me. At plus 175 against a team that – Really doesn't hit lefties that well. I don't like this spot for the Dodgers at all. Uh, Playing strictly the number here, I got to take the home dog in the Brewers. Yeah, I'm with you on this one. Uh, If you want to play it safe, I do like that plus 110 at around uh, for the plus one half on Milwaukee at home. 
I was trying to dig us into why uh, Los Angeles is this big of a favorite. And of course, some of it's going to be, it's the Dodgers and Kershaw. Yeah. So reputation wise, uh, you're going to automatically see a Dodgers tax, but I'm pulling up Kershaw's career numbers against the Brewers, or I should say Milwaukee's active batters against Kershaw. It's some of the funniest stats I've ever seen uh, in looking at actual hitter pitcher matchups. So 63 career at bats, so not including walks, 63 career at bats for the Dod for the Brewers active batters against Kershaw. Yelich has 26 of those. He's nine for 26. So career 346 batting average. In the other 37 at bats, do you want to guess how many hits the Brewers batters have against Kershaw? One. That is correct. Wow. The Brewers team, zero, besides Kershaw, him, besides Yelich, is a career one for 37 against Kershaw, which wow. I just found fascinating. I had to bring that up. So maybe if you want to look for some player props when they get released, if you want to take the no hits on about half of the Brewers players, I'm not going to stop you. But once again, besides Yelich, the rest of the active roster, one for 37 in at-bats, which is absolutely wild to me. But Kershaw, once again, has a 4-3-7 ERA on the road. Yep, uh, Miley's been good, but I don't think I can take the Dodgers here. It's such a massive price. And yes, I know I just said, well, you know, they can't really hit Kershaw. Dodgers bullpen this year, it's been fine. It's been better in years past. I mean, they don't have Kimbrell anymore, so that's an upgrade. But still, I, I do feel like the Brewers have the edge in the bullpen. So that could definitely pay dividends in the latter innings. I'm going to lean to the Brewers, but I had to mention that footnote on the Milwaukee batters against Kershaw because that's just funny, to be honest. Like, that, one for 37 ridiculous. is crazy. Yeah, I've never even heard it. I, I honestly said one just out of respect because I thought it was going to be zero, but... Yeah, that, that was kind of alarming, but I think this is a little different team. Uh, they are at home, and Dodgers on the road, they're just the average team, 9-9, nine and nine, and mm. what's wrong with their bullpen? They, I've never really thought they, they had that bad of a bullpen, but when I dug deep, the numbers are just not good at the bullpen at all, so... It's very alarming. I don't think they'll they'll be I don't think they'll be that good this year, to be honest. I know they're 21 and 15, but we saw about two weeks ago, a week and a half ago, the Dodgers were under 500 team, about a 500 team. And now they they got the bats going a little bit. But I don't know. I'm not really high on the Dodgers this year. Uh, when you say not high on, that means you're penciling them in for 93 wins instead of 110. <laughs> yeah, yeah, something along that. Okay. Yeah. Uh, but I, when you're you mentioned the bullpen, it's been the issue for many years, and I know that Dodgers fans gave Kenley Jansen a very hard time. I did too because he wasn't. He always seemed to blow up at times, but overall, still a solid closer. I know he's been very yeah. good this year. Uh, but then you're looking at Kimbrel last year, which. I don't know what the hell Roberts was doing. He was their closer for most of the year, and then he didn't even make the postseason roster. And then he gives up walk-off grand slams to Muncie. So hopefully, uh, you know, congrats, Philly. Uh, hopefully yeah. he uh, fixes your bullpen. But they don't have many go-to guys, the Dodgers. I mean, you look at their bullpen, and how many guys do you really trust in high-leverage spots? Not many. No. That's kind of the problem with their bullpen. But anyway, uh, I also see in the chat, you might have been purposefully ignoring it, but I'm going to bring it up. <laughs> uh, Scherzer was scratched uh, from his start. Any thoughts on the bright side? You did sign uh, Gary Sanchez to a minor league contract two hours ago. Does that make you feel any better? Is that cushion the blow? No, I I saw that and I don't understand it when Alvarez is finally starting to hit the hit the bat hit, hit the ball. You know, I feel like the only reason the OPS is lower. Then, because someone in the chat, not in this chat, but on Twitter said, uh, Gary Sanchez OPS in AAA is a 501. The Mets combined catchers OPS is 456. But the reason that is because Thomas Nito can't hit the broad side of a barn to, to save his life. So, and Alvarez that, was useless for about two, three weeks. So. Yeah, he is, but he's finally turned it around. So, I'm saying that also contributes because it's season yeah. long and Alvarez couldn't touch the ball for about three no. weeks. And he had no paid, uh, plate discipline as well. He was just swinging yeah. at everything. So, yeah, I understand uh, why they went out and signed him. Catcher is a weak spot. Um, but no, not really. It's not good for the Mets. Uh, I, I'm not shocked. I'm not like anything like that just because it's been the MO for the Mets this year. You can't. You can't rely on two 40 year olds to go. You, you know, with Max Scherzer and Justin Verlander, it's 
I don't know. Now they're calling up who David Peterson from AAA. He wasn't any good uh, the first half of the season anyway. So it it's just it's not going to be a good year for the Mets. I could guarantee you. It's like 70, 75 wins. I feel like that's a very pessimistic fan outlook. I still think they're going to make the playoffs or I should say the wild card round, but I'll put them somewhere in the high 80s. They still what? have a lot of talent. I mean, the issue is health, but the Mets are also cursed. So that's a separate yeah, story. Yeah, that, that, that too. But what have you you seen personally that's like a positive for the Mets that that they could make a run. I think the argument's going to be durability. I mean, you can make a case. I know I don't know how long Scherzer was going to be out for, but they have had a, their fair share of injuries so far. Uh, you're hoping that they can stay healthier for the rest of the season. But when your payroll's that big, and once again, you know that definitely pays dividends uh, compared to the rest of the league. The talent is still there. Like It's not like the Mets have a bunch of scrubs playing at a bunch of positions. They still have a lot of firepower. I think they'll be able to get it going at some point. It's a long season. I know their division is kind of difficult in a way, but the Phillies have underachieved. The Braves are the Braves. Like You just yeah. put them in a separate category. But the Marlins, they can't hit the ball half the time. The Nationals are punting the year. <laughs> there are some free wins in that division. Like I do think the Mets are going to win somewhere in the 80s. I think they'll sneak into a wild card spot if they're the last team out. I wouldn't be shocked either. Seventy five is pretty harsh though. Like I think they'll probably finish above five hundred. The playoff, you can make an argument. I think they'll be in the hunt for a wild card spot. The Braves are going to run away with the division though. Yeah, no, I agree with the Braves running away. I'm just like you said, the Mets are cursed. It's the Mets will met no matter how bad it is. It's they'll find a way to screw things up. So I have no no. Faith. I wonder if Benita can play the outfield. Yeah, no, we're still paying. Uh, anyway, too soon. Yeah, yeah it's been around. Soon. That's been a joke for a while. But anyway, uh, <laughs> moving on uh, to the I think we'll do a couple more games before we go into a break. Uh, moving on to the 340 uh, slate here. You have the Marlins taking on the Dimebacks. You have Cabrera taking on Merrill Kelly, uh, Team USA, Merrill Kelly. Uh, but you're looking at the lines for this game and the Dimebacks are around a minus 145 favorite. The Marlins are plus 125. As for the over-under, you have 8.5, over is minus 115, under is minus 105. To look at the actual spot for this game for me, I am tempted by the Diamondbacks either on the run line or on the money line here. No offense to Cabrera. I know he's still a young pitcher, can maybe piece it together. But I definitely trust Merrill Kelly a lot more than I trust Cabrera. And the Diamondbacks so far this season, 11-7 and at home. The Marlins are 7-10. and I try to fade a decent amount of these East Coast teams when they travel West. They tend to not play well, but I like Merrill Kelly at home here at a decent price. I'll probably take the run one at around plus 140. I think it's a very good price of the better starting pitcher with a good home team. Yeah, 100%. It's just going back to the first game, the Yankee game. I think we're getting a very generous price on the run line with the Snakes here. Uh, I took them on the money line. I uh, got a minus 145, like you mentioned, but that's the probably highest I'd go with them. I only made them a minus 150 favorite. I don't really want to back the fish here either on the West Coast. And Cabrera, he's 0-3 on the road, 582 ERA. And I think something that we can take advantage of is his walk prop maybe maybe a walk over one and a half two and a half walks but I, you just can't back him in this spot he has control issues d-backs they hit righties well 270 batting average against lefties or righties excuse me and they've been playing some good baseball seven and three in their last 10 games they're great at home like you mentioned and i just think merrill kelly they have the better pitcher they have the better bats they are the home team everything just lines up it, it seems a little too easy in my opinion but i gotta take the d-backs here at minus 145 and i don't blame you for taking the plus 140 on the run line yeah, simply put, I mean, Miami, we know year in, year out, they can't hit. And the ballpark's not going to help them, the one that they play in, but even on the road, they still can't hit. And you look at the lineup and how many guys do you really trust offensively? I know Chisholm's a fun player. He's on oh the cover God. of the video game. Is he a great player? I think he's good. Am I wrong for thinking he's a bit overrated? Uh, no, I don't. I don't think he's good at all. I think he's decent. I wouldn't say he's good. an entertaining I, player, but I'm yes. not sure. Like people try to promote him as being a future face of the no, league. No, I don't. I don't see it. 
I don't know how many series I watched this season of the Marlins, but every time he's in the outfield and he he's a good guy where he could adjust and adapt to different positions, like a tool kind of player, like a Jeff McNeil. But I wasn't even mentioning the fielding. The fielding is a whole separate, you know, issue. He's, but. but I was meant. I, I, this is what I was specifically talking about fielding. He can't track a ball to save his life in no, the outfield. Not at all. He, He's just, he's a liability. He's kind of reminds me of Bryce Harper back in the day. He's a liability on offense, so on, on defense. And offense, and even I think offensively, I think he's yeah. good. I think he could be better. But yeah, and the durability okay. is also a concern. He's but. okay. Durability is an issue. But the only guy I really trust in that lineup is uh, Luis Cerise. But other than yeah, that, uh, yeah. I'm, a, I'm a big fan of him. I, I don't mind Cooper. I think Cooper's okay. Yeah, he's okay. They, they yeah, definitely, that's what I'm saying. But the point yeah, is you're looking at the lineup and you have one guy that you really like, and I love Arise. I mean, you want a batting title. Like I, I know how good he yeah. is. Also, the first Marlins hit for a cycle uh, this year. But you're looking at the rest of the team and you don't have much. So I do like Arizona. I think that they definitely have the better lineup. I think that they have the better starting pitcher. The bullpen is a concern, which it always is for Arizona, but I trust them at home here. And once again, you're fading an East Coast team playing in the West Coast. Usually doesn't go too well for East Coast teams. So, yeah, yeah, I'm on the Dimebacks on the run line there at plus 140. Uh, Moving on to the next game, you have the Nationals against the Giants in a game that only a gambler could love. You have the Giants at minus 165 and the Nationals at plus 140. Over-under is 8. The over is minus 115. The under is minus 105. And you have Gray on the mound against Manaya. I know it's going to sound crazy because it involves backing the Nationals, but I will take Gray at plus 140. I am so anti-Manaya. And yes, I know his numbers are especially bad. It's not even his fault because he played or he was the starting pitcher in that 75 run game uh, in Mexico. So that didn't help the ERA uh, with the altitude. And you had, what, 11 home runs in that game. But Manaya, I'm not a big fan of for the last couple of years. I do think Gray is definitely the bright spot in this Nationals rotation. If you want to take a spin on the Nationals ever, this would be a spin I'd consider. Give me the Nationals. I'm not laying 160 with Manaya on the mound. I can't do that. No, it's it's a fireball offense if anyone does. It's either dog or pass for me. Uh, you can't take the Giants at this number. Uh, I made them a minus 150 favorite, but I, I I just can't do it. Regardless of my numbers, this is usually the only time I don't trust them. I got to take Josiah Gray in this spot. Uh, I got to see where the money comes in, but Sean Manaya is unbackable at home. JoJo Gray, he's been great for the Nationals this season and even better on the road than at home. Nationals, they're a good hitting team, in my opinion, and they're batting 289 against lefties. And what I think is a coin flip game, I, I got to take the better pitcher, the better lineup. I just think the Nationals are a better team than the Giants right now. So I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the Nationals here at plus 140. Well, looking at the record, the Giants are technically a half game better than the Nationals. But once again, the Nationals were supposed to tank this year, and you assume that they'd be really bad, and they're only a half game behind the Giants. So some of that might just be name brand bias. The Giants throw the better team, but they might not actually be the better team. Gray, the issue with him is he gets no run support whatsoever. He has a three ERA, give or take, and he's two and five on the year. He gets no run support. I'm with Stooley, though. I do think that if I'm going to play the Nationals, I probably would consider the first five because the Nationals find ways to avoid getting Gray wins. So I do think that fading Mania specifically. And then again, the Giants bullpen's also a mess. So you're, you can kind of go either way. But I think I'll lean to first five as well. I like uh, Gray in particular in this matchup. Maybe if you want to play it safe, first five plus half a run. You went on a tie. I wouldn't mind that either. That that was my question to you. When you're playing an underdog and you're going to take the first uh, five innings, are you going to take them straight up or plus the half? Because I usually do the plus half if I get a good uh, get a good number. Some of it depends on recent form and how big of a differential you have with starting pitchers. I think in this spot, I probably wouldn't mind taking the money line because I do think Gray is that much better than Manaya. But once again, I feel like if your goal, if you're taking plus a half in the first five, your goal is not to be tied. Like, like you're back in it because you think your team has a decent chance of actually leading after five, but you like the insurance policy of winning if they're tied after five. So I can see a realistic scenario where the Nationals are winning after five. So I'd probably gamble on the plus money. Yeah, that's how I would play it as well. But 
Anyway, uh, looking at the next game on the card, this will be the last game for the break, uh, but we're going to be looking at a matchup between the Blue Jays and the Phillies. You have Gaussman on the mound against Zach Wheeler in a pretty underrated pitching matchup, except both pitchers have been okay this season. You thought they'd probably be a bit better, and the odds reflect how close this is going to be because it's exactly minus 110 on each side. The over-under, 7.5. Unders at minus 115. Over is minus 105. So there might be some wind potentially blowing in based on where the total's located. But for the game, uh, I know that Toronto's been in good form lately. Uh, Philly's been uh, kind of stuck in quicksand for most of the year. you have any thoughts on this matchup? Because I think we'd agree that Wheeler, in terms of talent, is probably the better pitcher. This year, though, it's pretty even. Yeah, pretty even, I would say. Uh, I kind of lean the Blue Jays here on the money line, minus 110. I made him a minus 125 favorite. I know Kevin Gossman got rocked in his last start on the road, but other than that one start and the one in Houston, he's been kind of solid on the road. He shut down the Yankees, Cardinals, and the Royals on the road. He didn't allow a single run in either of those games. So I'd rather back him mainly and the Blue Jays lineup over Wheeler, I think, is just a better bet, in my opinion. I know the Phillies took the last game of the series against the Red Sox, but I still don't trust them. Blue Jays, they're rolling right now. They're swinging the bat well. So I think Kevin Gaussman is a little better, but I do agree where it's kind of even this year. But I, I'd rather take the chance with the Blue Jays on the road. I think they're a better hitting team. Yeah, I'm taking the Blue Jays anyway. Uh, if you're going to give me a minus 110 on both sides... I'll take the team that has not lost six of their last seven games, and I'll take the team that has the much better bullpen. Once again, I mentioned it before as in passing with the Dodgers, but the Phillies actually used Craig Kimbrell in the ninth inning of a close game in 2023. Like This bullpen is in shambles. I know offensively they got Harper back, which is going to help the offense, but if the Phillies are up one, do I trust them to hold the lead late in the game? No, so I'm not going to take a minus 110. This is the opposite of the Nationals game we just talked about where you might want to make a case for a first five because Gray is a lot better than Minaya and you don't trust the bullpens. In this spot, I definitely trust Toronto's bullpen a lot more than, than Phillies. And if the Phillies are up a couple runs in the seventh inning, you're still pretty live because you never know how quickly everything's going to fall apart for the Phillies' bullpen. I'll fade the team that's lost six of seven to minus 110 with the Toronto team that's played very well lately. Scott, why why can't they get the bullpen correct? You know, they have an, another year where it's a, they're in the bottom half of the league in regards to bullpen. We've seen it back all the way when Joe Girardi was in Philly. Yeah. Like, wh why can't they get it going? I, I just don't understand. Uh, it, it's really a great question because they spend money on the bullpen. They, yeah. just, they just spend money on the wrong guys. Yeah. I mean, it's just how it works out. It feels like every guy they acquire turns out to just not really help them out. And I'm trying to think of... Some of the decent closers they had. I mean, you're going way back if you're trying to think of the last really like good Billy closer. Wagner. You're on Wagner, like a little bit of Joe Nathan in there. That's about it. Like, I'm trying to think. Like it's it's been a while. I'm yeah. I'm I'm trying to see. I got that right, right? Nathan was on the Phillies. I didn't make that up, right? No, no, no. He was. I thought he was. Okay, just making sure. But it's been a while. I'm. I feel like an issue that they run into also is you're looking at the stats, and Alvarado's been really good this year. Like, insanely good. Why is he not closing games? I, I, I don't, it's not even a matter of the lack of quality arms. It's a matter of a lack of an overall plan. I feel like they don't have defined roles for pitchers, and when they do, they're kind of in the wrong roles. How is Alvarado not the closer? I just don't understand it. It's It seems like they're just going with the flow. They don't actually have a plan on what to do when it comes late into close games. Who's going to pitch the seventh? Who's going to be the setup guy? Like they, They're just throwing people out there for the sake of it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't like care because I'm a Met fan, and it's I love to see the Phillies struggle, but it's just like at, at a certain point, it's just you got you to gotta take advantage of it. And I think this is a good spot, minus 110 for a team that has a bottom five bullpen. Yeah, I'll fade that. By the way, I just checked for confirmation. Uh, I thought I might have been wrong. Yeah, Joe Nathan never pitched for the Phillies. Oh, where did he pitch? Uh, a lot of teams that were not the Phillies. Uh, I pitched for uh, the Giants, the Twins, the Rangers, the Tigers, the Cubs, and the Giants. Of course, most people know him for his run there with the Twins and with the Rangers, but I don't know why. I thought he might have been on the Phillies. But, yes, anyway, Billy Wagner good closer for the Phillies. That's definitely true, but that's about it. They don't have a good bullpen. So I'll go with Toronto to segue back into the actual game we're talking about. 
I think the pitchers are kind of a wash, but I trust the bullpen and the lineup more for Toronto. So I'll go with the Blue Jays there. But anyway, before we get into the rest of the card, do want to have a quick word from our sponsors. We're brought to you by Shady Rays, and Shady Rays is teaming up with SGPN for Shady May. Not only do you get amazing 50% off, but you also get a chance to win $500. Shady Rays has durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventure. That's not all. They also offer the most insane protection in all of eyewear. Every pair of sunglasses backed with lost and broken replacements. If you lose or break your pair, even on day one, they told us they will send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. Wear your Shady Rays with confidence because they have your back long after purchase. And if you don't love them, exchange them for a new pair or return them for free within 30 days. There's no risk when you shop with Shady Rays. Their team always has your back. Go to ShadyRays.com and use the code SGPN for 50% off two pairs of Polaroid sunglasses. Then take your receipt to SportsCampPodcast.com Shady for your chance to win the $500 Shady May contest. We're also brought to you by Talkify. Are you having a hard time meeting and are you having a hard time meeting great people to date? Why do you keep trying to do the same things over and over again when you're set up to fail? It's time to say goodbye to swiping and bring back the human touch to dating with Talkify. Talkify is the country's number one modern matchmaking service that is designed to help you achieve relationship success. Their trusted compatibility specialists hand select successful and compelling candidates so you can date consciously and productively. And Talkify is also committed to finding your match. 80% of clients met their person within their first 12 matches. And right now, Talkify is offering our listeners 20% off when you become a client at talkify.com slash SGPN. That's T-A-W-K-I-F-Y.com slash SGPN for 20% off when you become a client. Talkify.com slash SGPN. Welcome back, everyone, to the MLB Gambling Podcast. Already went through a decent amount of the games here on the Wednesday card. Now it's time to keep it rolling as we're going to be moving into Los Angeles. You have a matchup between the Astros and the Angels. You have Javier on the mound against Canning. And looking at the actual price for this game, the Astros are minus 130. The Angels are plus 110. The over-unders at 9, slightly juiced to the under at minus 115. And if you want the run line here, you can get the Angels plus 1.5 at minus 150 and the Astros minus one and a half at plus 130. If we're talking about underachieving teams so far based on expectations, I know you've been harsh on the Mets. It makes sense as a fan. The Astros, they are below 500. They are 17 and 18. Having said that, you have the Angels, who have been pretty good so far this season, 20 and 16. They are 10 and 7 at home. Canning, 2 and 0. His ERA is in the fives, but once again, he's 2-0. Javier's been pretty good this season, though. 3.54 ERA. What's your thoughts on Houston? Why have they been struggling? Do you like him in this spot? I think uh, talking to Moon off being having boots in the ground in Houston, I think one of the issues they're dealing with in the lineup specifically is they're missing Jose Altuve. I think he's a bigger piece than a lot of people expected. So I think that's one of the reasons injuries have been an issue for the Astros. But yeah, you're right. Very underachieving so far this season. But I'm actually going to back them in this spot. I'll take them. I made them a minus 140 favorite. Like you said, I, I know they haven't been playing good baseball right now, but I just can't blame it. I can't blame anyone either for taking the plus money with the Angels at home. But I do think Christian Javier is in a better spot than Griffin Canning. You know, Angels did win three of his last four starts. They're the better hitting team, but there's a reason the Astros are a favorite on the road after losing four of their last five games. It doesn't make sense. And I, when it doesn't make sense, I'm really just going to trust uh, Vegas. I'm going to take it. I, I trust Javier in this spot a little more. And I think they could get to Griffin Canning. He's only had a few starts. So I'm going to back the more experienced team in the Astros. Yeah, for me, I'm going to go with the Astros as well. Uh, Canning, earlier this year, well, the issue his entire career has been walks. He's had a really bad command throughout his career. First couple outings, he was actually very good, was able to keep the walks at a minimum. Last couple starts, they have popped back up again. He had three walks against the Yankees. He had two walks against Oakland. He had three walks against the Cardinals. The Astros have always been very, very disciplined at the plate. So I can see an issue for Canning here where he might walk a couple guys. Maybe look at a player prop there if you want to take the over on the walks prop. But I mentioned it in the Toronto game. The spread, the uh, the actual money line price is close, and one team has a solid bullpen. Now, I know that the Angels this year have randomly been really good with the bullpen. I don't know why that's been the case, because 
They haven't really done much to change anything. They've just been pitching well. But I do trust Houston more in this matchup. Javier's the better starting pitcher. I do think that at the end of the day, you should see Alvarez potentially go yard in this game. I could see him really just teeing yeah. off against Canning along with some of the other guys that they have in that lineup. But I think this game is going to be close. I just think that Houston has the better starting pitcher, and that's good enough for me. I'm going to lean to the Astros as well uh, with you. You have any potential matchups you're looking at for this game? Because I mentioned Canning's walks. That's probably where I'm going to look at if I had to target one player prop. Yeah, I do like the walk prop by you. Uh, I think Alex Berkman is due. He's been struggling as well. He's only hitting 205 on the year. But uh, Kyle Tucker's been ranking maybe his uh, total basis prop, probably sitting at one and a half. I like the hits run in RBI as well. It's specific to DraftKings, but uh, I like that as well. But uh, over the walk prop is good for uh, Kenny. It has been an issue for him. By the way, just to uh, mention a couple of head-to-head matchups against against Canning, you mentioned that Bregman has kind of been struggling a little bit. His numbers in his career against Canning, four for five with one home run, four RBIs, and two walks. So he's reached base in six of his seven career bats against Canning. Yeah, so that's a good prop. I didn't even know that. So I was I was just thinking for him to have a bounce-back start here on the road because – He's been one of the guys they've looked towards to pick up the slack since Jose Tuve has been out, but uh, he hasn't really done much this season, I would say. Yeah, we also didn't mention a big reason why Houston struggled is because of the fact that they tried to bolster the offense by picking up Abreu, and Abreu's been arguably the worst hitter in the entire league in terms of RCS+. So it has not exactly been good uh, for Abreu so far this season. We'll see how it goes, but... I feel like I got to take a Bregman prop. It, once again, yeah. an 800 batting average and an 857 on base percentage against Canning in his career. That's probably worth something involving the one and a half uh, total bases. I'd probably look or maybe a hits, runs, RBIs type. Yeah, prop. 100%. But anyway, moving on to the next game on the schedule, uh, looking at a matchup between the Mets and the Reds. For this matchup, do you have a pitcher listed? Because as of right now, I see it's kind of on the fence. Uh, last time I checked, it was Justin Verlander. Okay, uh, so usually they go, Verlander, they usually they go yeah, back to Hunter back. Green, I believe. Yeah, Hunter Hunter Green. Yeah. Okay, so uh, for the actual uh, price here, you have the Mets at minus one seventy, Reds at plus one forty five. Over unders at nine. Uh, the overs at minus one twenty. Under is even money. And if you want the run line, Mets minus one and a half is minus 110. If you want the Reds, it's minus 110 as well on the plus one and a half. For the pitching stats, Verlander hasn't exactly pitched much this season. He's been okay. 0-1 with a 3.6 ERA. Hunter Green 0-2 with a 3.74 ERA. I feel like there has to be value on the Reds, doesn't there? Like I know the Reds aren't a great team, and it wouldn't surprise me if Verlander bounces back. Do you want to lay 170 with the Mets right now? Absolutely not. I can't even lay minus 150 with them. Uh, that's why I'm going to go with a total play here. Again, can't back the Mets with how bad they've been playing. Uh, if, if Verlander has a bad game, I could definitely see the Reds winning outright. I only made the Mets a minus 150. So if we get about five more cents, I think the Reds are alive. But I like the under nine uh, a little better, especially at even money I saw. We got wind blowing in from center field at City Field and two below average hitting teams. The Mets have been an under team this season. Although you said City Field, they're playing Great American. Oh, Great American. Well, even in Great American, it's going to be very windy. I was checking the weather report. Um, Yeah, the Mets, like I said, they've been an under team 15 and 19 toward the under on the year. Uh, Verlander, after he gave up those two runs early with the back-to-back home runs, he kind of settled into the game a little bit. The Mets just, they weren't able to produce any run support for him. Uh, the final score of that game was 2 nothing. They lost to the Tigers. But uh, on the other hand, Hunter Green, he hasn't had the best of luck this season. But besides that 8-1 to win against the Tampa Bay Rays, shockingly enough, most of the games he's pitched in were very low-scoring games. Not one game he started has gone over this total besides that besides that 8-1 to one game. So I think we see another low-scoring game. I don't think both offenses are too impactful where they're going to blow the roof off of you. So I'll take the under 9 at even money. Yeah, I like the under as well. Uh, I think these pitchers are good enough for the total to be a lot lower than this. If I told you going in the total was at 8, would you be shocked? No. No. Probably not. I mean, you can make an argument that these are the best two pitchers on each staff. You make an argument. 
For the Reds, I think it's a pretty safe assumption that Green's the most talented pitcher on the roster. As for the Mets, especially with Scherzer now being injured again, yeah, I think Verlander's probably the best pitcher. Uh, so I, th- I think this total feels a bit high. I'm going to go with the under as well. And the Mets, the offense has not exactly been there lately, so I do think that the total does feel high. I'm on the under, but I do think if you want to go for a plus-money shot in the dark, I don't mind the Reds. It does feel like this money line price with the Mets team that's been brutal. Once again, you you lose a home series to the Rockies of all teams. That's not a good sign. No. I'll take the plus money with Cincinnati for the value. Yeah, even if you want to take it and be a little more cautious, the plus one and a half is at minus 110 as well. Yeah. So I, I like that play as well. Yep. Uh, but moving on to the next game, you have a matchup between the Rays and the Orioles. Now, this is one of the games that we actually do not have a line on right now. Uh, we'll look at the pitching matchup. You're supposed to have Chirinos taking on Kramer. And once again, we have no total, no side, so use your imagination. Atrinos this season so far, 1.86 ERA. He's kind of a hybrid starter dash. Uh, you know, they use an opener for him, and he'll pitch a couple innings after that. Kramer, though, 3-1 and one this season. Not a great ERA, though, 5.80 ERA. For this matchup, though, I don't know what the price is going to be. Both teams are really good. We know Tampa is the best record in the league. What are your thoughts? Because Chirinos has technically been the better pitcher. But it doesn't give you much length. So I do think this game might be decided by who was the better bullpen. Yeah, I agree. I did favor the race here on the road. Uh, minus 145. Yanni was able to go five innings in his last start against the Yankees. But he, lo- he looked all right. He looked all right. Uh, other than that, most of his innings came out of the bullpen. So don't really. Yeah, they they usually have- use an inning opener and then old pitch like five. He's the new Yarborough for their oh, current okay. pitching staff. That's how I would describe yeah. it. And Dean Kramer, on the other hand, he's given up four runs in each of his three starts at home this season against Yankees, Red Sox, and, and surprisingly enough, the Athletics. So he, he's had uh, he's at, finally had a good start in his last outing against a very good Braves team, but it's only one game. I don't think that's going to last. Tampa swings the bat well against righties, whereas Orioles are sort of middle of the pack. Depending on the number we see, I'll, I'll probably see myself on the Rays. Like I said, I made him a minus one forty favorite. Uh, at home, I think the Orioles will get some respect towards the market. But if we get under a minus 145, I'll probably see myself with the Rays. Yeah, I'm going to go with the Rays as well. Uh, I like Kramer as a pitcher, but this year he has not been very good. He was quite fortunate over the weekend that Max Freed was even worse because Freed was brutal. And you saw Santander wake up. He had that grand slam to break the game open. So he didn't exactly pitch that well. Just he was against Freed, who was worse, and he got the win. Uh, but the point is, I do think at the end of the day, Kramer, 5.80 ERA against Tampa. Not exactly a great spot, in my opinion. He also was a 7.2 ERA at home, which isn't exactly ideal. Now, he was very good in that Braves game that I mentioned. He had, he won six innings, gave up one run, and Freed, once again, was terrible, and the Orioles scored nine runs. But to look at his couple starts before that, he allowed five runs against Detroit on 11 hits in five innings. Gave up seven hits in five and two-thirds, gave up four runs against Boston. But you're looking at some of the starts, and he does let a decent amount of guys get on base. And I do think if you're going to cause a lot of Tampa guys to get deep into counts and you're going to let them get on, they're a very dangerous team in general. And the last thing you want to do is give the Rays a lot of at-bats with guys in scoring position. I think they'll probably do enough offensively to get the job done. I'm going to lean to Tampa with you as well. I'm assuming the price will be around like 130 if I had to guess, give or take, if I had to guess or create a market. I'd say it's probably around 125, 130, maybe 135, but I'm going to link to Tampa. It's really tough to not just blindly take Tampa when they're below minus 150 at this point. Yeah, 100%. But uh, moving on to the next game, you have a matchup between the Red Sox and the Braves. You have Bello on the mound for the Red Sox, and you have Undecided pitching for the Braves. I heard good things about that guy, uh, but we don't have any lines on this actual game. Any thoughts here? Because I feel like I'm blindly back in the Braves because why would I trust Bellow? I trust Undecided more than Bellow. So I actually did. I saw Jared uh, Schuster, S-H-U-S-T-E-R. I saw him going, and that's how I made my lines for this game. Uh, I made the the Braves a minus 170 favorite. I made the Red Sox a plus 170. I made my total 8.7. So... 
I mean, it, it's hard not to back this Red Sox. It's kind of crazy how they turn this thing around. Eight and two in their last 10 games, and they're mm-hmm. cashing a lot as dogs. 12 and 10 straight up as an underdog. 15 and seven on the run line as a dog. They become a top five offense, and we kind of knew they were always had a good lineup. The one question was their pitching, which has kind of held up this past month. This is only Bellow's second start on the road, and he wasn't bad in his first appearance against a Brewers team who's middle of the pack hitting wise. And the Red Sox winded up winning that game for him 12 to five. So this is uh, if Jared Suster, if he is the one pitching, this is going to be his first start in over a month. Just as by the way, is he a lefty or a righty? Uh, last time I checked, I think he is a righty. Okay. I'm asking because I know Yoshida got benched last week against the lefty. So I was curious if he'd be in okay. the lineup or not. And usually for guys who come back, I don't really like to back them. You know, I kind of I kind of like to see it a few times before I back them. So depending on the number, you got to imagine the Braves will open up a favorite at home. But if I'm able to get a plus 150 or better, I, I got to roll with the Red Sox here, man. They've been on fire. I'm on the over. Uh, for this game. I don't really trust either pitcher. Uh, You mentioned who you think is going to be starting for Atlanta. That's the case. I definitely don't want to lay 170 if that's going to be the line. The Braves will be a big favorite. I know Boston's been very good, but as you said, they've been cashing a lot as dogs lately, winning eight of the last 10. They were dogs in a lot of those games because a lot of people haven't really given the Red Sox any respect based on preseason expectation. The Braves, we know, are the class of arguably the National League right now so they're going to be a pretty big favorite at home here but i do like the over bello i'm not a big fan of in general uh for the last couple of years the sample size i feel like we know at this point he's a young prospect who maybe can figure something out but as of right now 1.73 whip i'll pass not exactly yeah. a big fan of him and with the braves using a questionable starter maybe they use a guy with a short leash and they'll use the bullpen i like the over you know the amount of fireworks that both offenses have I'm on the over in this game. I'm assuming it'll be at nine if I had to guess, but is anything going to stop you from taking an over in this game? No, like you mentioned, uh, top two top 10 hittings, uh, hitting teams. You got Boston, who ranks third, uh, Atlanta, who ranks ninth, and both are over teams, 24 and 11 towards the over for Boston, 23 uh, and 21 and 13, excuse me, for the Braves, but Braves at home, 13 and four towards the over. I see a bunch of runs scored. I would love to get an eight and a half, but I don't think we'll get that. Yep. Uh, But moving on uh, to the next game, you have the White Sox taking on the Royals in another game that only a gambler could love. You have Lance Lynn taking on Brad Keller. Yeah, not exactly a great pitcher's duel in that one. Uh, But looking at the actual price point, you have the White Sox as minus 130 favorites on the road. You have the Royals at around plus 110 the other way. Over-unders at 9, uh, juice towards the over at minus 110. For the run line, the Royals plus 1.5 is minus 145. The White Sox minus 1.5 is plus 125. Simply put, I'm going to take the Royals a plus money. Mm. Why would I want to lay 130 with the White Sox on the road? I like team total overs. I like every over, basically, in this game. Lynn was really good that one outing against Tampa, and then they left him in too long. And they gave up 10 runs in the seventh inning, and they lost the game anyway. But I, I can't take the White Sox. Like, how am I supposed to lay, lay money with the White Sox in this spot? I can't. No, I, I don't. I would never encourage or advise anyone to take the White Sox. Uh, I'm they're still on my 14 day do not bet list. Uh, same with Mal. But uh, you, you you mentioned it in the last game we talked about. Just back in the over, I think that's what I'm going to do here. No side for me. All I can see is runs in this score uh, in this game. I got an eight and a half earlier in the day. I still like the over at nine. Lance Lynn on the road is not good. Brad Keller at home is even worse. So both teams are profitable towards the over. White Sox twenty and thirteen toward the over. Uh, seven and three in their past ten games towards the over. Royals at home eleven and eight towards the over. So the Royals just put up twelve runs against the White Sox on Monday night. Both have bottom five bullpens. It just everything screams to the over. If I were to pick a side, I would take the Royals as well. Again, plus money at home. White Sox are just they're just a bad team not even just pitching wise defensively it's like watching a little league team out there they make a lot of errors i I just can't back them it's also them not hustling i know robert got benched about a week or two ago for not hustling in first base yeah so 
Yeah, it turns out Tony LaRusso was the glue of the team. Uh, but anyway, uh, moving on to the next game, you have a matchup between the Cardinals and the Cubs. You have the Cardinals at around minus 115, and you have the Cubs at minus 105. It's in Wrigley, so of course we don't have a total at this point. Uh, you have Montgomery on the mound taking on Munaf's favorite Cy Young candidate, Justin Steele. Uh, I'm taking the Cubs, right? I mean, Steele at I mean, minus 105. How, how this line feels extremely off, doesn't it? I, I don't understand this this line at all. I don't understand why it's at a pick em price. I made the Cubs. Maybe I was a little biased as well because I've he's kind of turned me on to Justin Steele as well. I made him a minus 150 favorite, so that might be a little too high, but. They, they definitely deserve to be a clear favorite. I don't care the Cardinals have won two games in a row. They're still a bad team. They're 2-8 and eight in their last 10, 6-11 and 11 on the road this season. And now they're going up against Justin Steele, who has virtually been unbeatable at home. I just think this is an awful spot for them. Montgomery, he has been good on the road this season, but I just don't trust their offense at all. They can't get any run support. Cubs, top 10 offense after going through kind of a little of a slump uh, last week. I just think they have the better pitcher. They have the better offense. I think this is a huge uh, buy low spot for the Cubs. So I'm going to take them on the money line minus 105. Yep, I feel like I kind of have to. If you want to play it safe, maybe first five, but St. Louis's bullpen hasn't been great either. Uh, they still have a decent back end, but even the back end has been a little bit hit or miss so far this season. But it's better on paper than the Cubs. You're getting steal at minus 105. And once again, the Cardinals, yes, I know they've won two straight games. Congratulations. They're 12 and 24. But they're, they're not a good team. Like yeah. You can make an argument the talent is there and they should be better. I'm really not a marble guy, especially after he threw O'Neal under the bus in the first week of the season. I don't think he's a great manager. I don't like how he's handled the bullpen in the past. I'm not saying the Cubs have a great manager either, but I do yeah. think that the Cardinals are getting some respect based on reputation, when once again, they're 12-24. and 24. I'm going to take Steele, who's a Cy Young candidate right now, uh, to get the job done there. Just throw my Cardinals to win the NL Central out the fucking window. It's They're done. Uh, I'll tell you what, though. The Cardinals have always been a team that find ways. They uh, you know, wish upon a star, and they end up going on a massive run in the middle of July. So keep an eye on the Cardinals because they always seem to make a run in the second half of every season, especially if nobody claims the NL Central, which could yeah. be very up in the air. Uh, but to look at the last game that we're going to cover, you have a matchup between the Padres and the Twins. You have Seth Lugo, now a starter and randomly decent, uh, 3.21 ERA against Pablo Lopez. And for the actual lines in this game, you have the Twins at minus 130. You have the Padres at plus 110. Over-unders at 8.5. The unders at minus 115. The overs at minus 105. If you want the Twins on the run line, you can get that at plus 150. I do think the Twins have a slightly better starting pitcher based on overall body of work. Technically, though, this season, Lugo's been better in terms of ERA. Mm -hmm. Do you have any thoughts on this game? Yeah, another total for me, surprisingly enough. I'll take the under 8.5. Uh, I made my total 7.7. Two good pitchers going in Seth Lugo and Pablo Lopez. Now, I thought it was just a few games where Seth Lugo's had a good run, but... I think there's enough sample size where he's been he's been a good pitcher this season. Uh, I wasn't sold on him after his stunt in New York City, so he's he actually found been sold on him after. His yeah, stunt no, in his uh, he actually found a home in San Diego, so I'm happy for that. But uh, he ha he's had three solid starts on the road, and he's only given up more than two runs in one of those three games, and it was against the Cubs, and that game still went under the number. So Twins, they're not the best hitting team. Both teams have been extremely profitable toward the under. Padres 13 and 20 towards the under and two and seven toward the under in their past nine games, including going under in five straight games. Twins on the other side, 14 and 18 toward the under. We got winds blowing in from center field in Minnesota. So it's probably going to be one of my favorite plays and probably will be my lock of the day. But I, I like the under a lot, eight and a half. Yeah, for me, I think I'm going to lean to San Diego, uh, just on the side of plus money. Lopez has been decent so far this season. Last couple starts, he's been a bit hit or miss. He was great to start the year, and he was pretty good against the White Sox last time out, seven innings, two runs. The two starts prior, though, both at home, gave up six runs and in six innings against Kansas City, and he gave up five runs and in four innings against the Nationals. So at home recently, not a great and we know San Diego definitely has a lot of firepower offensively. The Twins have lost two straight. We've seen the Tigers kind of claw back into that division race pretty quickly. 
I'm going to lean to the Padres on the money line at plus 110. You could argue it's a coin flip, but then I'm getting plus money on a coin flip. So I'll take the Padres. Love it. All right. So anyway, that's going to wrap it up for the actual uh, card here. But we got to get into the actual picks for the show, our best bets, so to speak. So, Dylan, I'm going to let you go first. What is your lock for the show? Uh, I was going to go with the under, but I think you talked me into it. I talked myself into it. I'm going to take the Cubs. The line just doesn't make sense. Uh, I'm going to take Justin Steele at home against a Cardinal team who, they're like you said, they're getting too much credit for just rain, name recognition. They're a bad team. So I'm going to take the Cubs and Justin Steele at home, minus 105 on the money line. And as for my dog, I really didn't give out too much uh, too many plus money plays. There were some but- totals at even money, I think. Yeah, uh, let, let's let's take a stab with the Yankees. Let's take a stab. I was going to say, Yankees. by the way, uh, breaking news: the Yankees are now minus two ten, and the run line is minus one ten. Okay, well, never mind on that. Move forty uh, cents. Forty cents yeah. in the last hour. Holy shit! <laughs> um, I, said, I said the line didn't make any sense. You thought they'd yeah. be two twenty. I thought they were going to be two twenty, and it opened one seventy, but that's long gone. It's at two ten right now. How about this? I, I'll take the Brewers here at home. That that's still plus money, correct? That uh, yes, the up. Brewers right now in the money line are plus one seventy five. You can get the plus one and a half at plus one ten. Ooh. Okay, yeah, I'll take the plus one and a half. Um, Kershaw, he's been okay on the road. Uh, but Wade Miley at home, he's two and zero, and he against really good teams like the Red Sox and Angels, like I mentioned. Uh. Dodgers, they don't hit lefties all that well, so too big of a price. I'll, I'll play. I'll play the uh, the Brewers here uh, on the money line and plus one and a half for my dogs. Yeah. Uh, so for me, for the lock on the show, I'm going to take a play that I actually don't have a line for. It's going to be the Royals team total over uh, against Lance Lynn. Uh, they're currently plus one ten, and the totals at nine. You said you got it eight and a half, so it's going to move. But based on where the line is, it should be around four and a half for a team total. That seems a bit low to me. Lynn has been really bad on the road, and Kansas City has quietly been good offensively lately. They don't win many games because their pitching doesn't work, but they still yeah. can hit a little bit more. Uh, they scored 12 runs in the first game of the series, scored five against Oakland. But even reading off some of these recent games offensively, They've been on fire, but once again, they can't pitch. So to go through the actual numbers here, the last couple games, 12 runs, 5 runs, 4 runs, 8 runs, 10 runs, 6 runs, 7 runs. They've been very good offensively. Give me the Royals team total over 4.5 most likely for the line as my lock. And for my dog, I'm going to go back to the Tigers and Guardians game. Give me Rodriguez at plus 110. He's been really good this season. I like how Detroit's played. The Guardians can hit. They're 6-10 at home, so I'm not sure if home field actually matters or not. But give me the better starting pitcher, and Battenfield is winless so far this season. So I I do think this game will be low scoring. It might be ugly, but you have a good starting pitcher. I'll back the team in good form. Give me the Tigers' money line at plus 110 as my dog. Scott, you're never going to guess what I just saw from this Mets Twitter page. They said they have interest in a reunion with recently uh, DFA Darren Ruff. They said they view him as a right-handed DH option. Are you only fucking, against lefties? Are you kidding me? He is atrocious it, against it, righties. Against lefties is okay, but <sighs> this is the stuff that keeps me up and makes me lose. Like I feel like I, I just lose years in my life just be being a Met fan. It's this incapability of doing anything right. I'd, I'd offer you a therapy session, but we're about an hour in. Yeah. So I'll we'll we'll save it for another But anyway, uh, it's going to wrap it up for this episode. I'll be back once again to guest host the show tomorrow. Uh, but until then, uh, you can find me on Twitter at Rice Show Radio. Uh, you can find me on the NBA show, the tennis show. I'm on a bunch of podcasts. Dylan, where can the people find you? Yeah, you guys can find me on Twitter at Rock with two Ks twenty four, and uh, yeah, on the MLB bunch the three four times a week. Um, articles coming out every other day as well, and uh, yeah, NFL slowly approaching. We got a uh, camp starting up this week, so can't wait for the NFL start to start up back. Yep, looking forward to that too. But until next time, good luck to all of you and all of your bets. Bye, everyone.